Welcome back, everyone, and thank you for joining us for today's podcast from Dublin First Baptist Church in Dublin, North Carolina. We hope you'll be encouraged today as you listen to our message. For more information, please visit our website at www.dublinfbc.org. That's www.dublinfbc.org. Now let's join the congregation of Dublin First Baptist as we listen to the preaching of God's Word. Hey, like I said at the beginning of the service, this is this has become one of my favorite Sundays all year. It's my third one, uh, third Thanksgiving here, so this will be my third uh, OCC dedication Sunday. Uh, it's a time when we as a church can celebrate all that God has done, amen? God has done through us uh, and through our church's missions programs, but specifically uh, Samaritan's Purse and our fulfilling the Great Commission through uh, Operation Christmas Child. Before we unite together in a special time of prayer at the end of the service, um, we're just gonna, we're gonna look a little bit, be reminded about what God uh, tells us about missions and what he wants to reinforce to us. And I think we can find great hope in the history of missions. We can find hope in God's word, and especially in the history of missions that's revealed in it. Hope for this year. It's been quite a year, hasn't it? 2020. I don't, um, I don't say that because I'm complaining. I just, the reality, I'm stating the obvious. It's been, um, it's been unexpected. Can we say that? Like, that's okay, that's not complaining. Just a lot of unexpected things have happened this year. But do you know what also has been unexpected? Seeing, seeing God do God things even in times like these. Seeing our church family this past year respond um, to changing circumstances, new threats, seeing conditions that would typically cause a drop in church attendance, a drop in church participation and ministry, a drop in funding, and not actually seeing any of those things happen to us because God has blessed us. We've done what God asked. We've kept on doing what he's asked. And because of that, we've got the privilege of seeing God do God things, even a year like this. We've seen us reach new people, um, people that we never would have reached before, unless we had live stream or unless their heart was prepared by all the crazy events that have went on this year. We've seen our ability to reach familiar people in new ways this year. And as a church, we've seen uh, mission projects changed. When you watch that video, there was something you've never seen in another OCC video before when we had packing Sunday. There was masks everywhere. I mean, things changed, right? We had to do things differently this year but they still got done because of God, because of God. They still got done because he's got a purpose in missions that um, it will happen. Now, uh, whether or not we're involved with it, that part is up to us. Whether or not we're gonna get the joy of, of being involved in it, that part is up to you and I. But um, it's God's great commission, it's God's purpose, it's God's goal, and there is such a great courage and empowerment and comfort for me, and I hope you to be reminded and to know that whatever comes in the days ahead, I don't know what December is going to be like. It's almost been like a running joke this year, hasn't it? I don't know what the next month's going to be like. 
I don't know. I don't know what 2021, it could be way worse. It could make 2020 look like a Sunday school picnic. I don't know. But I, I know this, that if we will stay committed to him, if we will continue to obey him, if we will continue to care about what he cares about, then we're going to get the joy of being used by him. That's promised. Changes might occur, responses might need to be modified, but the purpose of Dublin First Baptist Church will continue. The mission of Dublin First Baptist Church will continue. The vision of Dublin First Baptist Church will continue. I'm going to call your attention to the bulletin a couple of times. I didn't put the outline there. What I put is our church's purpose, mission, and vision. Uh, and we need to be reminded of that every so often. It's a great tool. It helps us know what we're doing every day. It helps us when we're planning on things to do. It says, yeah, this fits right in. If something comes up, we're like, you know what? Not a bad idea. Not a bad thing. We can revisit it later, but doesn't really help us get this accomplished. So I'm going to call your attention to it in a minute. But first, let's read Matthew 28, 18 to 20. And we see the origin of our commission here. All right, says, and Jesus came and spake unto them, his disciples, saying, all power, all power is given unto me in heaven and earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. We, need, we see something very important in the origin of our commission. This is kind of the quintessential Great Commission verse. We actually call, we were talking about this in Sunday school, we call Matthew 28, 18 to 20, the Great Commission. And so it's an important thing we need to, sometimes we leave out verse 18. A lot of times we'll just say Matthew 28, 19, 20, that's the commission. Look at verse 18, because it's important that we understand where the power to get the Great Commission done comes from. And Jesus said to his disciples, all power, in heaven and earth, all power is given unto me in heaven and earth. I don't know if there is a greater source of hope and comfort and encouragement to keep doing what we're doing, even in, especially in crazy days like we are in, uh, that we are to continue to make disciples, regardless of what's going on around us, than this, that the power to do so comes from who? Jesus Christ. All power is his. Uh, all power in heaven and earth, given to Christ, and then he supplies it to you and I. He works through us, but it's not my power. This didn't get done because Dublin First Baptist Church is powerful. This got done this year and every other ministry of our church. This got done this year because people just obey what God told them to do, and his power is evident behind me. His power, not us, not Joe and Marie. They testified, be saying amen at the same time. All the ladies in, that sew dresses and shorts and here, there, and everywhere, I'm so thankful for them. We just obey God. But that happened. That happened because of God's power. Because this is the confidence we can have in, in the Great Commission. I want you to look at our purpose on here. What is our purpose? Why does Dublin First Baptist Church exist? Well, we're, uh, we're just not a, a, an organization, a building. We're made up of individual believers. So this is your purpose for being a believer. This is your purpose. This is why God allowed you to one day be hatched, why you were born, to glorify God and to enjoy him forever. That's why you exist. That's why every single person exists. Whether they're a believer or not, that's why they exist. 
Now, whether they do it or not, that's up to them. Every tree, every animal, everything we see around us was created to glorify God and enjoy Him forever. Then we've got the verse that we base that on, uh, God's Word there in Psalm 1611. Uh, That's our purpose. This is the purpose of Dublin First Baptist Church. If that's every one of our purposes, obviously it's going to be our collective purpose as well. And the chief way that you and I do this as followers of Jesus Christ in this church age is by making disciples of Jesus Christ, just like it talks about here in Matthew 28, 18 and 20. Uh, some of these boxes, the kind of the logo for uh, Samaritan's Purse and Operation Christmas Child is good news, great joy. Well, there's no gooder news, there's no greater joy than to be involved in this great endeavor, this great adventure, fulfilling the great commission. That's what we're to do. Uh, That's how we glorify God and enjoy him forever, by celebrating uh, the salvation that we have and sharing it with others. In word, in deed, yes, that is our mission, all right? You can look on our little thing here, our mission. What, what, What do we do? That's your purpose, to glorify God and enjoy him forever. Well, what do you do? We make the name of Jesus treasured in our community. That's our here in this nation, in the state. That's our there around the world. That's our everywhere. We do that because not everybody is glorifying God and enjoying him forever. Because our purpose as human beings isn't um, always fulfilled completely just yet, that's why we're on mission. We want to make the name of Jesus treasured here, there, and everywhere, and we do it by making disciples. Aren't you glad this morning that we've had the joyous privilege, that's all I see behind me, is the joyous privilege of witnessing the power of Jesus, the power of Jesus this year. This has been a year when the prince of the power of the air, Satan, the god of this world, as scripture calls him, uh, he's just threw about everything in his power against us this year. But when you see this behind us, it's evident that he's more powerful, that he's greater, that we can rely on the promise of Jesus that greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. In 2020, Dublin First Baptist Church, because he obeyed, and in the power of Jesus Christ, and the power of Christ, and for the glory of Christ, we did more boxes than we've ever done. It's crazy. It's in the human mind. It's the power of God. In a time when it took more money to actually ship them out. And Marie came to me a month ago and said, this is what we need to ship them. And it's not just shipping, it's also discipleship materials and, and money to pay teachers for six weeks while they're there. That's $10,000? Mm. During Baptist Children's Home Month and during all these other things, we're asking for money and Lottie Moon coming right up. If God wants it done, he'll do it. And then I look in the bulletin last week and I'm like, my goodness, we're, we're like right there. I mean, I know we're going to get there. It's because God, God's doing it. It's for his purpose, for his glory. This is a God thing. What if things get worse next month in December? What about next year? Well, can we go in faith and really not in a sense, really not worry about it because of what we've seen him do this year, not just here in OCC, but in in how God has sustained our church and sustained the ministries. I mean, second chance is different. It's still happening. Um, This is is obviously, this was different, but still happening. And to to greater degree, our our kids ministries, our uh, teen ministries, our outreach into the community, still happening. It's different, but it's still happening. Um, It's just different. God's still doing it because we're just, we obey, and then he gets the glory when we see God do God things. Now, that's the power, verse 18. 19 and 20 tell us the purpose. What God's purpose is in the Great Commission is our purpose. What God's mission is is our mission. May we never get distracted from mission. When churches don't 
put this in their heart, when the heartbeat of Jesus isn't theirs, when they get distracted, that's where churches go to die. Show me a church that's dying, I'll show you a church that lost its mission. That's not fulfilling the great commission. And here it is, it's to make disciples. See, our mission exists because our purpose doesn't everywhere. We don't see people living lives that glorify God and, and that find their joy in him and him alone. And so that's why we're on mission. We want them to recognize Jesus for the treasure that he is and to make him the treasure of their life. We do that by making disciples. Our purpose is not to make converts. There's a big difference there. And you might be thinking, well, what? I thought that's what the Great Commission was. No, no, no. Look, uh, hopefully that's where, that's where it starts. That's where it has to start. You have to be converted. You have to be born again. You have to be saved. But here's the problem. For far too long in churches in evangelical America, in Southern Baptist churches, for far too long, that's where it ended. We got a name written on a card. Somebody raised a hand. They came down an aisle. They got saved. I can't question their salvation or not. They may or may not be in a church anymore. We made converts, maybe, we didn't make disciples. What's the great commission? To make disciples. It involves so much more than that. Yes, it's to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ, and here it is, that, that we can be saved from our sins and the resulting eternal punishment in hell forever. That, we can, that can happen by our faith and God's grace to us and Jesus Christ alone. But look, it doesn't stop there. Once an individual comes to Christ as their Savior and receives him as their Savior, well, then our commission is to, to make disciples by, what does it say in verse 20? Teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. I mean, you and I do this by, by going. That's what it said in verse 19. Go ye therefore. And literally in Greek, it's as you are going. So this is important. Because this isn't my job and Tommy's job or a missionary that comes in on first Wednesday night of, of the month. Yes, it is all of our jobs, but it's your job too. It means as you are going. So as you are farmer, as you're working in your field and doing farmer stuff, interacting with people at a feed store, meeting the crop management guy. It means as you are teaching kids in school, teachers, make disciples. It means as you are treating sick patients or interacting with people in your medical field, doctors and nurses. It means as you're taking care of your grandkids, grandma and grandpa. It means as you're interacting with your neighbors, church, make disciples. Yes, share the gospel. Hopefully one day you do your part. You do your part. Witness, preach. God does his part, calls, regenerates, brings them to new faith in Christ. All right, that's where it starts. But they got to see it in your life. Not just in your words, but in your life. And that's as we are going. And for some of us, it means go. We've got people that do that here. So many of you have been to Moldova. You've been to New York. You've been to South Africa. And please continue, continue to go. All right, and for some of us who can't do that, it means aiding those who do go by funding, by prayerfully supporting them when we can't. But for all of us, for all of us, it means as you are going. Now, uh, please turn to Philippians, Philippians chapter 1. And really kind of the core of this and why I need this hope and I want to share this hope with you is because it's been a crazy year and I, because we've seen God do this kind of thing, even in a year like this, and because I don't know what December is going to be like and I don't know that what 2021 is going to be like, 
I don't know if we're going to have a more difficult time. I don't know if we're going to have greater persecution than we've ever had. And it might hamper our ability in our minds to do this stuff. I don't know if we're going to have obstructions. Uh, All I can find after the origin of the commission is I I find uh, obstacles to our commission sometimes in Scripture. Do you know that there's obstacles to fulfilling the Great Commission sometimes in our life? And why I want to look at Philippians 1 and verse 12 to 14 is this. Uh, One of my first sermons I ever preached here, one of my favorite ones, because it's one of my favorite sections of Scripture, uh, is about this right here. Because we find Paul, the Apostle Paul, great missionary, right? We find Paul on his way to Gaul. That's modern-day Spain. That's where he wants to go. He's been on missionary journeys loving the life of sharing the gospel with Christ. He's seen churches planted, but he's like, that's the end of the world. I mean, it was the end of the then known world, and he wants to go there. I mean, he's got the whole here, there, everywhere thing uh, mindset too, and he's on his way to Gaul, and guess where he finds himself now? He's in jail. He's in a jail in Rome. He didn't even make it halfway. He's in jail in Rome. Try to put yourself in his shoes. I mean, God, I'm trying to fulfill the Great Commission. What in the world, Lord? What are you doing? <laughs> but listen to the reassuring words of Paul to the church at Philippi. Another church who, it was persecuted. They had obstructions to the gospel. They were worried about Paul. They were worried that he got derailed on his mission trip. And he says in verse 12, I would you should understand, brethren, that the things which happened unto me have fallen out rather unto the furtherance of the gospel, so that my bonds in Christ, they're manifest in all the palace and in all other places, and many of the brethren in the Lord, waxing confident of my bonds, are much more bold to speak the word without fear. This is when God turns obstacles to us into opportunities. And really, they've been opportunities all along. They just look like an obstacle to us. We wanted to go to Gaul. God says, no, people here in Rome need to hear you. Uh, people that you were never even planned to go. We're going find to find that out in a second. People you never thought you'd go to. See, something unexpected happened. Has anything unexpected happened this year? I mean, when we were all opening Christmas presents, getting ready to ring in the new year, did you know that this year was going to be like this? It's been unexpected, right? It's been full of obstacles, hasn't it? This is what Paul's experiencing here, too. And this is what Paul says, guys, what I thought was an obstacle, it totally wasn't. What looked like the end of the road for my mission trip, it actually was the most incredible opportunity. God was totally in it. God was working all things through it the entire time. Uh, Verse 12, I mean, Paul's saying what looked like failure, I love this phrase in the King James, it fell out to the furtherance of the gospel. From Paul's perspective, it's like, I don't know how this happened, it fell out, but the gospel actually went out. God designed it. He knew what was going on all along, but yeah, it fell out to the furtherance. This is what he's telling them. Don't worry, Philippian church, you won't believe what's going on here. People are getting saved. People I never even thought about are getting saved. People I never had a burden to reach, they're getting saved. Can I ask you, what would happen if Paul just got depressed and he just quit? God, I'm trying to go on a mission trip here. I'm sitting here in jail in in like high security, maximum security prison uh, for treason against the Roman government. He had a guy chained to him 24-7, not just any guy, Praetorian Guard, like their CIA Secret Service Protect Nero. That's who's chained to Paul. What if he just quit? What if God didn't reveal to him at some point that while he was sitting there in that Roman jail, um, hey, Paul, why don't you share the gospel to the guy who's chained to you right now? (laughs) Seems like an obstruction. Why don't you share the gospel to the one who who relieves him of his shift tomorrow? 
And that's what Paul did. How do we know that? Look at chapter 4, verse 22, the very end of Philippians. This is usually the part in Paul's letters when he's like, greet so-and-so, give him a kiss, and we miss you all. This is what he says, chapter 4, verse 22. All the saints salute you. All the saints in the church at Rome salute you, church at Philippi. Check this out. Chiefly those that are of whose household? Caesar's. Now, I can't tell you Nero got saved. I'm going to judge from history. That's probably not the case. I, I don't know if Nero even heard the gospel, but I know some people in his household heard the gospel and believed. Paul wants to go to Gaul. God's got somebody that Paul needs to reach. God's got somebody that needs to get saved in Caesar's household. I mean, had God done here and has he done for us exceedingly abundantly beyond all we can ask and think this year, even in the unexpected? And that's what he did through Paul here. Um, all because Paul didn't give up when an obstruction came. Uh, all because uh, he had eyes of faith that saw an opportunity to fulfill the Great Commission and what looked like, what looked like one big serious obstacle to it. Uh, what if chaos is going to continue? I'm not trying to manifest bad things. So what if? What if chaos continues? So will the church. It will. What if, um, what if we have more persecution ahead? We quit? What does Paul call us in Romans? We are more than conquerors. We're more than conquerors through him who loved us, not in our own power and strength, but in Christ's power, that Matthew 28 power. Paul had way more than this as an obstacle in his great commission efforts, and we're going to as well. But we can continue on mission because we know this, and I want you to go here now, Matthew 16. Flip back to Matthew 16. I know we were just there, but this is the promise of Jesus. Um, yeah, obstacles, honestly, most of the time, they're opportunities. We just need to see them as such, but here we have a promise from Jesus. Jesus' promises are prevailing. This isn't just like, well, that's a nice story from Philippians that is talking about uh, what God did for Paul, but what about me? What about in 2020 and all the nut stuff that's gone on this year? Matthew 16, this is a promise of Jesus Christ. We find Peter here. God asked Peter, who do you say I am, Peter? Peter says, you're, you're Jesus Christ. You're the Messiah. You're the son of the living God. You're the one we've been waiting for since Genesis 3. And this is what God tells him in verse 17. Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed it unto you, but my Father which is in heaven. And I say unto thee that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I shall build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against the church of Jesus Christ. That's a promise from the Savior. That's not a promise from Jason. This is what Jesus promises about his church. This is why I know, I don't know what's going to happen next month, next year, 10 years from now, should the Lord tarry. I know the gates of hell won't prevail against the church of Jesus Christ. I know that this will go on. If we do our part, he'll do it. It might be different. It might look different. It'll get accomplished. This is the great hope that we have in fulfilling the Great Commission because God guarantees its success if we do our part. We witness, we preach, that's our end. He calls, he regenerates, he brings people to life. We gotta do our part. It's guaranteed successful. The gates of hell won't prevail against it. What about in Acts 7 and 8? Church is young. I don't know, it's only been two chapters. Stephen, the first deacon, is martyred for his faith in his ministry. 
and says that then Saul, Paul's not Paul yet, Paul's still Saul, and he's persecuting the church, and they're scattered. They run. They run away. They flee. It's a bad thing? It wasn't. It seemed like an obstacle, but what happened? The gospel went out as they were going. They shared the gospel. Lives were radically transformed. People came to believe in Christ. Disciples were made. Who made disciples? Who made disciples? Who made disciples? And you and I are here this morning. All because of that. So what role are you going to be in that happening down the road? That's what Luke read about this morning. Um, Listen, we need to rely on this promise that the gates of hell will not prevail against the church of Jesus Christ. It won't. That's a promise from the Savior. Finally, let's look. As we close, the outcome of our commission. Luke read uh, this morning, Revelation 7, 9 through 12. This is why we do all this. We want John's vision here in Revelation 7, 9 through 12 to be our vision. That's what we want to see. Do you know what, what, we, what John saw there? People from every tribe, every tongue, every kindred, redeemed, worshiping God in heaven and then in eternity forever, singing glory to, fulfilled purpose, glorify God and enjoy him forever. And that's our vision too. This is, what we, this is what we look for. This is why we have this purpose. This is why we're on mission because we want to see, and I think we experience it time to time. It's like already not yet happening. It's already happening. Also, we look for a day when it'll be a much greater like Revelation 7, but a community of devoted followers of Jesus Christ who glorify God and enjoy Jesus forever. By We deny self, we take up our cross, and we follow him. That's what Luke read us. Look, I hope to make it to Moldova. Joe and I were planning on going in May. Corona, all right? God's got a plan in it. There's an obstacle. Wanted me doing something else for that time. I don't know. In the week I was gone, maybe I shared the gospel when I was here with somebody that I wouldn't have when I was over there. I don't know. I want to go to uh, Armenia. We talked about that. I told Joe I always want to go to Georgia. Not the state, the country. I've been to the state. Um, Brazil, my aunt and uncle live there. So many people. I don't know Jesus Christ. Africa. I watch these OCC videos. I see suffering, physical suffering, physical circumstances where they can't even see their need for Jesus Christ because they don't even have the things you and I have. It's blinding them. I mean, who's going to go? Who's going to be used of God to make disciples in all of these places and get the blessing? You get the blessing of being just a part of making what Luke read, Revelation 7, 9 through 12, a reality. I mean, it's going to happen with or without you, but it's you who is going to miss out on the joy if you don't do it. Will you make John's vision your vision? One more verse, Hebrews 12, 1 and 2. Will you turn there with me? Hebrews 12, 1 and 2. If you're going to do this in 2020, or if it gets way worse than we could ever expect, or way better, if we're going to do this, we have to have Jesus' vision, and we need to make Jesus' vision our vision. I've already read the vision statement. Let's just keep this close to you. Remind yourself of what our purpose, mission, and vision is every day. It'll help you stay on track and following Jesus. It'll help you call on others. It says here, um, Wherefore, seeing we are also compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us. Let us run with patience the race that is set before every one of us. We look unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross, he despised the shame, and he sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. You know, Jesus had a cross. And that's what Daphne and Lewis sang about. Jesus had a cross. Well, how did he respond to it? 
Do you understand mission always involves a cross? Always. No exceptions. Mission always involves a cross. That's why it says here, this is, we, we want to see a community of devoted followers of Jesus Christ who enjoy him and follow him by denying self, taking up their cross and following him. It always is. Discipleship. You being a disciple of Jesus, you making disciples of Jesus, will always, it will always involve a cross. So how do we, crosses are difficult. They're obstacles. They are. How do we, how do we take them up and carry them? How did Jesus, that's what it says here in verse 2, who for the joy that was set before him, what got Jesus through? What motivated him to obey his mission and stay on mission? The joy that he set before him, that was set before him. This morning, this is what God's setting before you. The joy. The joy of being a part of making disciples. This is what he's talking about. The joy set before him was Jesus delivering a redeemed church to God the Father, reconciled people that had rebelled against God and through his blood and through faith in God's grace to us in Jesus Christ. There is a reconciled, redeemed church that he delivers to the Father. And that's what Jesus invites you and I to be a part of. That's what all of this is. This is gospel proclamations going out. Every mission endeavor that we do as a church is for that purpose um, this is why some of you shop year-round. I know you do. I get to watch you come in here and, and, and show me the good deals you got all year long to do this. Why some of you sew dresses and shorts. Why some of you uh, gave up a, a, a Saturday about a month ago to, to be a part of this and pack all those. And we weren't walking that fast. I think they had to get it in to the time of the song. Why some of you are going to give up Friday and Monday. I mean, it's a day off, Black Friday day after. It's a day off, uh, usually a holiday from work, and you're like, no, I'm going to go to OCC in Charlotte. Why? Some of you um, funded that we needed $10,000 in a month, and God did it through his people at Delma First Baptist Church. Why we do it? That's the joy set before us. We want to see what Luke read in Revelation 7 happen. People from every tribe, tongue and nation, fulfilling their purpose because we were on mission. That's the vision we want to see. I mean, this box, yeah, it's a box filled with the joy of Christmas gifts. There's really good stuff in there. It's fun when you get to select it when you're packing them on that Saturday. It's fun to see a kid open it. We saw a little bit of that just in Moldova there and some of the videos we watched before. But, I mean, that's a nice gift. It's a good Christmas gift. But knowing that they're going to get at least the opportunity to hear about the greatest Christmas gift, that Jesus died for their sins, that they don't have to go to eternity and hell, that if they have put their faith and trust in him, believing that he forgave their sins, asking him to do that, receiving him as Savior, giving them new life in Jesus Christ. And there might be some people here today in here or watching on live stream who've never done that. If that's the case, I invite you. We're going to just sing two, song, two, uh, two uh, choruses of, of invitation song, two verses here in a second, but if you never trusted Christ the Savior, do it today. If you got questions, uh, please come and ask me. You can come during the invitation. You can call me later, text me. You can look on the back of your bulletin on our church website. It says how to be saved or what it means to be born again. But uh, Christian, you who have done that, are you on mission in the Great Commission? I mean, is Jesus' purpose and mission and vision, is it yours? Have you been distracted this year by the things of this world? Um, have you been distracted by the despair? It's been a rough year. Have you wondered if God's hand was in things? Have the obstacles of this year created maybe a fear of what's ahead? Are you afraid of what's ahead? 
I am. I don't know. A little bit. But can I tell you what's ahead? The power of the gospel, disciples being made, a Savior who reigns, a new heaven and a new earth, that's ahead. His kingdom being increased. Can I tell you what's ahead next month and the next month and the next month? The gates of hell never prevailing. That's what's ahead. That's promised to you by the Savior who gave you eternal life. Will you be on mission for him? If, if you've never done that and you're like, wow, I need to. Well, come on. We've got lots of places to put you to work. If you have been doing it, can I just tell you, I know it's hard. Obstacles are hard. Keep on. Dublin First Baptist Church, keep on being on mission. For God's glory, for your good. It'll be, it's where your joy has come. Set that joy before you as we sing. Uh...